Welcome to the Present Fathers Podcast. This is the show that focuses on climbing the mountain of fatherhood together. We believe that dads matter. That's why this show is for you. So gear up, dads. Get ready. It's time to start climbing. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Present Fathers Podcast. Tonight, our guest is Rob Kenny, better known as Dad How Do I. Rob, welcome to the show. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me on, George. I'm, I'm good. Awesome. Well, we are super pumped to uh, talk with you and uh, learn a little bit about how you got your channel going and all the great things you're doing with that and uh, talk about fatherhood and much other things. But let me do a quick little bio uh, about you so that our viewers can level set for the, the few people who may not be subscribed to you yet. But uh, Rob is a dad of two. He's raised two adult children and they still talk. Uh, he makes how-to videos on YouTube and uh, he, does it, he does his best to provide useful, practical content for basic tasks that everyone should know how to do. So Rob, why don't we go in and uh, talk a little bit about why you started the channel in the first place and uh, you know, kind of go from there. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of variables that went into why I started it. I, I thought of the channel a couple years before I actually put it up. Um, because you know my dad left when I was 14, and so there's a lot of little things that I didn't know how to do, and so I learned a lot of things the hard way. I learned how to tie a tie from from my roommate when I was 19, and you know it's a little uh, it's embarrassing <laughs> to not know how to do certain things that people just expect you to know how to do. And so I on my channel I put up a lot of things, and people will say, "Well, isn't this common sense?" Well. You know, maybe you had a good uh, good guide that showed you how to do some of this stuff and helped you think through of it. Through it, it's not common sense. Some of the stuff is not common sense for people, and stuff's a little intimidating. So, so I thought I'd put up a channel that um, where people could feel loved and come in and learn how to do something and walk away kind of feeling good and keep it wholesome. You know, I don't swear. I don't. I try to just get you in and get you back out and um, spend a little time together too. You know, I tell dad jokes too. So. Um, but anyway, the way it started was I thought of it a couple of years um, prior to the pandemic. And then when the pandemic came, my daughter, who she's 31 now, she was 28 at the time. Um, she kept on me, dad, you need to do this. You need to do it. And I'm like, ah, you know, so finally I ran out of excuses because I was locked up like everybody else, you know. And so I, uh, I went ahead and did how to tie a tie. That was my first video. And I did it. I started my channel on April 1st of 2020. Ironically enough, it was April Fool's Day that I started. And then my first upload was April 2nd because I was still trying to figure out how to upload. <laughs> and then I did how to shave on April 3rd and then um, kind of started to get my feet under me and just trying to put out helpful content. And then it went viral in May of, uh, May of 2020. So about a month and a half later, I only had probably eight videos probably up at the time uh, but people got wind of my backstory and understanding why i was doing it was just trying to pass along some nuggets that i had to learn the hard way to try to give people a way to do things i never want people to feel like this is how you do it <laughs> it's, right. you know, it's the only way to do it if you don't have a way way to iron your shirt this is this has always worked for me you know and i just trying to pass along a lot of little nuggets like that it's so great. I mean, it's just, uh, there's so little of that in our world today, it feels like, especially online. You know, people love to hate online. And it's, I, I was immediately just impressed with how it's just positive and wholesome, like you said, and it's helpful. Um, so I guess my first question is, what was the the type of knot that you tied? Was it double Windsor? Was it, you know, which which tie was the... Uh, you remember? didn't prepare me for this. I honestly Trick don't question. even know. It's we'll go back and watch it. I've always used. It's my dad. That's what it is. Nice. <laughs> Sorry to me to put you on the spot there. It was to me by a buddy, and he didn't tell me what it was. Very cool. George, no you've problem. got them all tied up in knots. What are you doing, man? <laughs> you do. That's embarrassing, George. How, how dare you do that to me? I, I apologize. Well, uh, maybe I can uh, it's all good. It's good. talk, I don't care. talk into I, I, a less you know, embarrassing I, topic, I, I, and then, you know, your, your channel has just a few more subscribers than ours, so we can kind of take the the embarrassment on that one um so speaking of your massive subscriber count over four and a half million okay. how you know how long then from that may point to you know it just blew up and what was that whole experience like because i mean that that is extremely rare that someone starts a channel and then a month later is you know totally exploded like that 
Yeah, it was terrifying. Honestly, I, you know, I, I thought I was going to have 30 or 40 subscribers. I thought I was just going to have a nice little neat community and we we're all going to grow together and we we're going to learn from each other. That's how I envisioned it. I didn't, I had no idea it was going to be what it is. And so I've had to, had to deal with that. Cause I, I consider myself an introvert. I, uh, I've done everything I possibly can to avoid public speaking my whole life. And, you know, God has a sense of humor. So here I am. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. It, you know, and I have to give the glory to him because I, <laughs> and I, it's funny cause I was interviewed by YouTube, um, when my channel blew up and I told them, I, they asked me how I did it. And I said, I believe God did it. And they looked at me like I had three eyes. So, right. Well, I'm not surprised <laughs> with that reaction, but, uh, from, from my point of view, I, it, it, it's a ministry in a way, right? You're able to give to so many, um, and help so many with just, like you said, basic things. But if you weren't fortunate enough to have someone to teach you those things, then especially when you become an adult, it's kind of. Uh, scary, right? Because people love to judge really quickly. And, um, you know, I wonder how many people have, you know, been, been spared some some trouble uh, simply from watching one of your videos. Probably a, a lot. Um, but I yeah. think what... I hope so. Doing, I mean, that's, yeah. that's my hope. So go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, the other thing is authenticity for you. Um, you know, it, it's just from the heart. Like you said, you weren't really setting out to make this you know, money-making scheme or whatever. It was just genuinely wanting to provide something helpful. Um, you know, that also seems to be rare in our society today. Do you think that um, that's the core reason why, you know, you grew so fast is just it was very authentic and, and real? I think so. I, I try to talk to the camera like I'm talking to my own kids. So I, I have to live with that, you know. I, I, so I have sponsorships all the time coming to me, wanting me to wanting to sponsor my videos. And I, I have to turn 97% of them down because it's like, I, I, that's not something I would, I even had a, you know, anyway, not to get off on something else, but I like to play blackjack. I'm just going to be candid with you. I like to play blackjack. So I'm not anti-gambling, even though I'm a man of faith, I do like to play blackjack because just, I enjoy the, I enjoy sitting around with my brothers at a blackjack table. Anyway, I had a gambling site reach out to me and I'm like, I just, I don't want to be a hypocrite, but the reality is I, I don't feel right sharing gambling on my site, you know? So I have to, I just have to be really, really selective. I think um, that's why I feel good about Firestone because I've always had a good, um, you know, Firestone has a good name. I feel good about having them kind of support, helping to support me because I, I do need the support, especially since I'm turning down <laughs> so many other opportunities to make money but i, I gotta be authentic because I, I can't i gotta live with myself i gotta be able to sleep at night yeah i i think that that is very apparent um you know like you said how you talk to the camera like it's your own kids i immediately picked up on that when i first discovered your videos and um yeah can you talk a little bit about the different uh you're starting to do more like uh what is it mo the mondays you do things wednesdays you do things can you talk about those kind of differences yeah, I'm grateful. So when my channel went viral, um, I told this to my daughter. I said, you know, I don't want to just, you know, be a trained monkey running around fixing things. I, I'd rather be able to share my heart with my internet kids, kind of like I shared my heart with my own kids, where I want to pass along wisdom. But I also didn't know how that was going to work. You know, I tricked you. You were, you know, you want to learn how to tie a tie, and I'm going to preach at you. And so I was sensitive to the fact that I didn't want to take a left turn and uh, or a right turn uh, to where people um, were offended by that, so to speak. Um, but um, I'm grateful that once my channel went viral, I had a couple of videos where I was just able to kind of share my heart just because I was like, ah, I got to put up a video and I don't have anything. Uh, so I didn't want to have it to go to go two weeks. Um, before I actually put up a video because I was, you know, I was having uh, media requests, all, you know, people wanting to publish a book. I, had, I was just bombarded with emails when my channel went viral. And so I was trying to do the best I could. Anyway, so I put up um, some stuff that kind of shared my heart. And so now I feel comfortable with it. And I've had people say, ah, I thought I was going to learn how to use hand tools and you're preaching at me. Bye. And I was like, just leave. You know, you don't have to take a parting shot at me. Well, you know, I'm trying to, this is what I did as a dad. I tried to share my heart with my kids. 
I'm trying to share my heart with you. And most people appreciate it, I think. So I have Wisdom Wednesdays. So I do a quote and then I talk about what that quote means to me. And I try to um, inspire people with those quotes. And I have Money Mondays, too, um, where I, I've gotten into that recently, where I started showing, sharing stuff about money because people need, you know, so many people that are illiterate with money. I'm not a genius with money, but I do know some things. Then I've learned some, some things the hard way, too. And um, and it's gotten so much easier to be able to invest. And so I want to kind of point people to that. So um, anyway, they uh, and now I, I also have so I did Funny Friday for a time. And then now I just changed it to Feel Good Friday because I can do feel, I can do Funny Friday still because that makes you feel good with that joke, you know, uh, or I can do where I told a story about this little kid that his mom wrote me. I don't know if you saw it last week, but um, I did. His mom wrote yeah. me learned how to make scrambled eggs and that really touched my heart i was like oh man and his dad he lost his dad in the service uh three years ago that's you know the, the fact that i'm able to touch lives like that that's amazing I, i'm, that I'm so amazing. unworthy and blessed to have this platform that i have to pour into people it's amazing that yeah i i saw that video and i was holding back tears a little bit it was so cool to see you know because it's just again you don't there's there's just so many things on the internet they're they're either um you know they're they're a production they're not they're not it's like hollywood light and it, so much of it just doesn't seem real and um you know a video like that you can't really mimic that that's not something that someone could go create on their own um and i think it's it's pretty apparent why so many people love that because it's just true <laughs> and it's nice to have something that that basic and refreshing you know um i've been talking a lot i know uh the other guys probably have some questions for you here but um, yeah rob I'll... um so here's my dad how do i question uh how do you handle the negativity anyone with an audience is going to have some negativity you mentioned it a little bit do you interact if someone trolls and says oh yeah i don't want to hear you preach uh do you uh, talk to them about it? Do you ignore them? What's been your strategy to um, to handle it in a good way? Yeah, now that I'm over three years in, I've gotten better at it. It's hard. You know, I'm like, I'm like anybody else where I, I can have, you know, 99 great comments and then you have some troll wanting to just say something negative. And, you know, I'm human. So, so it hurts, but I know who I am uh, as, again, as a man of God, I don't, I, it's not, doesn't, this isn't who I am. I'm just trying to do what God would have me to do um, with the gifts that he's given me and just trying to be faithful with that. And so if people have a problem with it, you know what? And boy, I've had, I've had people, <laughs> you know, surprisingly, if you've watched some of my videos, one on how to tape down a cord, ah, man, there's the tape experts out there. It's amazing uh, how many of them there are. Tape, please. Uh, <laughs> that's a wonder. That's what one guy made that comment and I said, boy, for real, uh, I thought I was just trying to help some people. And the ironic thing is I went out to a restaurant the other night with a couple of buddies that I used to work with. And there was a guy that taped down a cord and it was awful. I mean, it was like we're snaking around and tape here. And it, it was a, just basically a, a somebody, you know, waiting for somebody to trip over it. I took a picture of it because I'm going to share that on my channel and say, this is <laughs> That's amazing. Nice. I love it. <laughs> so I guess uh, my so. question to you would be uh, based off the channel. Um, what's your favorite story from somebody that they've either shared or learned from you? Uh, I don't know if there's a single story necessarily. There's been a lot of them where people say that it's therapeutic to just listen to me and that you know caught me off guard uh i guess because i again i thought i was showing people how to tie a tie and i've had people telling me they're crying watching me tie a tie um i that was i didn't anticipate that in my ignorance i thought i was just going to show you how to tie and i think it's just the you know people that maybe miss their dad or never had a dad or don't have a dad never had a dad moment hearing hearing that stuff really really caught me off guard and people, you know, they'll put on my shaving video and just have it run in the background um, just to hear my voice. And so that kind of touches my heart. I'm like, uh, you know, I feel for, feel for them. I can kind of relate to it a little bit when, once they brought it up. 
Yeah, I mean, fatherlessness is such a huge problem, uh, and it's it's a wound that you know that can extend generations, even. Um, so I I would I can only imagine you know getting those types of letters and and knowing that you're able to kind of uh, ease ease that pain a little bit is is definitely a a, a beautiful surprise from this, right? Um, yeah, and I, I think because. Because I have some empathy, I think, because, uh, I, you know, understanding some of the pain, you know, people have been through way more than I've ever been through. I, you know, I went through something. We've all been through something. Um, sadly, and I think in our society, too, we have a little bit of a victim mentality. Um, so people, <laughs> people have been through nothing, want to act like they've been through something to try to get you know, anyway, try to help it help them get somewhere when it's just not beneficial and for me as a again as a man of faith i i i've been a believer for since for probably about 30 30 years about the time my daughter was born and uh i i'm a little embarrassed to say it took me as long as it did to forgive my dad because i was deep down waiting for him to actually ask for forgiveness and you know if, if people are waiting for somebody to <laughs> to ask for forgiveness it may never happen and meanwhile your life is going going by right um and and you're you're spending energy on something that is not worth your energy um and and i was that was me i was spending energy spinning that plate and i've talked about that in my videos uh it's just it's not good for you <laughs> it's not healthy and you know I, and i've been forgiven much and so i needed i should i wish i would have done it sooner and there was freedom for me on the other side i think you know people oh, how how can i forgive well I'm here to tell you that on the other side of it, I wish I'd done it sooner because boy, there's freedom for me that I didn't anticipate. I, I'd i like to dive into your childhood a little bit more, but I, I can just personally relate to what you just said very much. Um, my, my dad and I were estranged for, I mean, we would talk every now and then, but it was basically a decade. Um, and a lot of that was my own anger, uh, a lot of it unjust. <laughs> um, I won't tell you the whole story. It's a little messy. Uh, I did. We actually did do an episode together on this podcast. Um, I, I thought it was pretty awesome to be able to do that with my dad, you know, on the cool. other end of it. Um, but it wasn't actually until I, like you said, kind of forgave first in, in, internally, right? And um, that I was then open to having genuine relationship again. And it was almost at that point that it was very rapid. It just like all of it went away. Uh, all that separation and all that distance just evaporated. And, um, you know, we both just apologize. I'm so sorry that, you know, things have been this way. And, you know, our relationship has just been completely different since that moment. That was um, seven, eight years ago now that we kind of reconnected like that. So it, what you know, I'm, I'm literally a product of what you were just describing. Um, you know, the relationship I have with my dad today is exactly because of that letting go of that anger and, and choosing forgiveness. Um, it's just a powerful thing. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I appreciate you being candid about your position as well in, in your own story there. Um, yeah, there, it was when I heard the quote that um, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping it somehow hurts the other person when it's killing you. And that's that was me. And when when I finally heard that, it really was an epiphany for me where ah, that's me. I, I need to quit drinking this poison. And so being able to let it go wasn't easy. You know, it came through a lot of tears and a lot of praying. Um, but boy, I'm so grateful that I was able to. And then he ended up asking for forgiveness before he passed. Well, it's I had a good friend of mine tell me a, another phrase that I really enjoyed. It was forgiveness is a gift. And it's a very hard gift to give for those who aren't willing to receive. And, you know, that's that's a hard thing to understand because you still harbor feelings you know to whatever it is a trauma or you know a relationship or whatever the case the case may be but uh i think the fact that you both you know work through that's an amazing thing you guys gave that gift and that's that's the hardest thing to do is start that process and i think that's what a lot of people are afraid to do so you know there's men like you and like george who are willing to step up and say hey i did it you can do it i think that's very powerful for other people so rob can you go into a little bit more detail about, you know, what happened with your dad and 
I, I go into it in my book. I, you know, my parents started out really well. I'm, I'm from a Catholic family. I ended up rejecting that as I got older and went around and lived how I wanted to live. But anyway, I, uh, so I'm one of eight kids. Um, the six older kids were born in Wichita and then work dried up for my dad. My mom was one of 12 kids. And so I think she envisioned our family growing up amongst all the cousins and being this, you know, just a big community. And so my dad, you know, again, thinking of it from my dad's perspective now as an adult and having six kids, work's drying up. What, uh, what am I going to do? I got to find a job because I got to pay for this, <laughs> this troop that I've, that I have here, you know? So he ended up uh, moving us to New Orleans um, with the space program. And my mom didn't like that. Um, because she was getting uprooted from her deep roots in Kansas. And so uh, he moved us there and then we we're there for a couple of years and that's where I was born. And then, uh, then my dad saw another opportunity up here in Everett in just north of Seattle um, where he moved us all up here. And then my younger sister was born up here. And so, and all that took a toll on my mom um, and mental health wasn't great. There wasn't a whole lot of help um, for mental struggles. My mom struggled with anxiety and struggled with different things. And she was uprooted from her um, support group in Kansas. And so she, uh, she started to kind of unravel a little bit um, again, you know, from a, I was pretty young at that time. And then um, going on into the, my 11, 12 year old time, our, our house was super dysfunctional. Um, and then my, um, my dad ended up getting custody of us, um, but he, he I, I'm not sure he really wanted us, but he got custody of us because I think he felt that was the right thing to do. Um, and my mom was considered an unfit mother. And so she was, uh, wasn't allowed to come around the house. And my dad would um, load us up with groceries and leave for a week or two at a time um, with me and the younger siblings. You know, he'd be in big trouble uh, these days, but uh, at the time it was the 70s. And so he got away with it. But uh, so that was tough, you know, so there was already some um, hard feelings towards my dad. And then finally he came home one day and said he was done raising kids. Um, and he said the older kids are going to have to go live with the or the younger kids are going to have to live with the older kids or they're going to foster care. And I always thought that was an idle threat, but my brother that I ended up living with, he said, no, that was not an idle threat. Dad was, <laughs> he, if we wouldn't have taken you, you would have gone to foster care. So, you know, I, like I've shared earlier off air, um, there's memes going around saying my dad abandoned me. I wouldn't use the word abandoned, but he did reject me, you know? So it's pretty, when I kind of relive it and I think, wow, he, he is a pretty blatant rejection that he just didn't want me. And that's pretty tart, you know, that's pretty uh, hurtful um, if I allow myself to go there. And um, <laughs> I can't though, because I've forgiven him for it. But anyway, so I ended up living with my brother um, who was nine years older than me. He was uh, 23, I was 14 when my dad did that. And so I lived with him and my, my brother, Rick and his uh, wife, Karen, who, and they were newlyweds. Um, they'd only been married for a couple months when I went to live with them. And we lived in an eight by 35 trailer. Um, I always thought it was a mo mobile home, but it was a trailer. Um, my brother built a shelf, put up a bed in the back of the trailer and that's where I slept. And lived with them for, for a couple of years. It was tough on everybody, <laughs> you know, it was hard for them to suddenly have a 14 year old kid going through puberty. And it was hard for me to live in such tight quarters with my brother and his wife. And so it was hard. We did that for a couple of years and then they moved out to Enumclaw and I wanted to graduate from high school from my same high school in Bellevue, Sammamish. And I ended up, so I ended up living with a, my brother, Don, who's a couple of years older than me. Uh, we got a, an apartment and I lived with him uh, for my senior year. How did you like make ends meet? Did you, I mean, did you work a job and everything? And I did, I did. My dad, uh, my dad gave us $200 a month, I think is what I ended up getting $200 a month, which, you know, you can't, even then you couldn't live off 200, $200 a month. I needed to eat, you know, that's how much I ate a month. So uh, yeah, so I played football my senior year and then I wanted to play basketball, but I, I just couldn't afford it. I had to, I went out for the team and a week later, I just told the coach, I, 
I got to work. <laughs> I can't, I can't keep up, keep this up. And so, uh, so that's unfortunate. There's some things that I missed out on, but it also, you know, helped me grow in a lot of ways, having to take on that responsibility. Yeah. So you, you all had to grow up real quick. Um, and I, my heart kind of breaks hearing that story. It's just, uh, you know, like you said, re the rejection, I, I can't even imagine that pain. Um, like how long did it take you to even be at a place where you felt you could even attempt forgiveness? I would, I would imagine that was a pretty heavy thing to carry. It was. Yeah. So I, you know, I, and again, I share it in my book. I, I called it coughing up hairballs with my brother. Um, my brother, Rick, um, it took me a long time to cough it up and get it out. I would be sobbing. I, I still right in this room over here, sitting over there talking to him on the phone for a couple hours, just crying. Like I can't, I can't let this go. This is just too hard. And my, cause my brother Rick wanted to uh, honor my dad on father's day. And I'm like, father's day is my day with my kids. It's not about that guy. <laughs> you know, he's, I can't bring myself to honor him after what he did to me. And so it took a lot to get to the point to where I was able to, to let him go. But, but it's good now, you know, God, God is good. And I, yeah. I'm in a great place now. And you, I think you'd alluded to, alluded to it earlier. You you did have a chance to kind of reconcile with him, right? Or, or I did. Yeah, we reconnect. Yeah, sadly, I think um, our relationship was always still kind of superficial, and I think that was his choice. Uh, he he lived. Um, at, he kept his distance where he lived five hours away, um, and he had married my stepmom, who we never really got along with. To. And so he, um, it was finally my brother, Rick, the one I went to live with my brother, Rick told my dad, Hey, you need to tell, ask your kids for forgiveness and tell them you love them. Cause I'm not sure they know. And my dad, my dad kind of, yeah, I don't know in his own mind, maybe had kind of moved on <laughs> like, Oh, that's already water under the bridge. Well, yeah, but you didn't really <laughs> do what you needed to do to get to the point where it was water under the bridge. You just kind of swept it under the rug. Uh, and so he finally did. We were out on a boat and we were out fishing and he, he asked me to, if I'd forgive him. And I said, dad, I was, four I just want you to understand I was a 14 year old boy. Um, really hard time to have a dad re reject you when you're going through puberty. You think you're a pervert because you're looking at girls differently. You got all kinds of things going through your head. I said, that was a, I was a tough, tough time for me. Um, but I forgive you. I said, I've already forgiven you. I already forgave you a, a few years ago, dad. So, um, and plus he was a weak man by that time he was in his mid eighties. And so, uh, you know, if he, if he is a younger man where he did what he did to me, uh, you know, I might try to take a pound of flesh, <laughs> but he was pretty weak. So I was kind of looking through him as I as he was telling me that. Wow. It seems like you've grown so much. And I kind of want to shift gears here a little bit because hearing this story and hearing what you've had to learn um, the hard way, I feel like there's reading your book and watching your videos. I've seen that you're kind of a big do it yourself or you love to figure out things. You love to, to, to find a challenge and grow from it and learn and then just produce something great. And I think that's kind of the heart of what you is behind your, your channel to me personally. And so I'm a big do it yourselfer, uh, myself or a DIYer as they call us. Um, and my, my main question was, um, can you discuss like the significant life lessons or values that you learned through like your, you know, your, your do it yourself experiences and how they, like they translate to your role as a father? Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think a lot of the DIY, and I shared this in my, in my book. Keep plugging my book here, uh, shamelessly. Um, I uh, it's a good book. Uh, plug plug I away, Rob. That's what this is for. <laughs> I really got, like I got a, a, into DIY um, early on because I learned how to, I had to learn how to build a fence because I was kind of thrown into it and had to. Yikes! I don't know how to build a fence. Our neighbor's dog knocked down our fence, and he didn't know how to build a fence. So I was like. I got to figure this out then. And so I called my brother who Rick uh, was a journeyman uh, cabinet maker. So he, I learned a lot of things from him and he was very good at helping me understand that, you know, you're not really, as long as you're careful, you're not going to do anything 
terrible that you can't work your way out of. You just got to be smart as you as you go along. And so um, I loved being able to do DIY right along with my kids. I think it's so important um, to do it with your kids and have them learn. Instead, it's so much easier if I just did it myself <laughs> and I could get it done way faster. Uh, but I'm not helping my kids um, learn how to problem solve, I think. And so I think it's helpful to get them included, you know, and it's interesting because now my internet kids, it's very much the same way. <laughs> I have a million and one stuff, things I got to do around my house still. And sometimes I just go, I just got to get it done. I don't have time to videotape it and edit it and put it up on my channel. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> you know, So there's so many projects I've done probably in the last two months that I haven't shared just because I don't have, I don't have the bandwidth, you know, but anyway, all that to say, yeah. When you're raising kids, I think it's so important because uh, it's kind of like life. It's walking them through. Hey, and plus you get to spend a little time together and you get to, you know, uh, sadly, it turns into, uh, you know, you, there's the whole joke about who's holding the flashlight. And, you know, my dad, this these were screaming matches and everything. I think part of it is because a lot of guys, you know, were kind of expected to know how to do things. And so I think in our frustration, we're already a little tense because we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> and then our kids not holding the flashlight properly. And then can't you hold the flashlight properly? And really deep down, we're going, why can't I figure this out? So I think there's some, I think there's a little bit of, a little bit of that built up. That's such a good point. So it's really not about the fence at all or fixing. It's about the process and about learning from that. And that sense of competence and uh, achievement is incredible. Uh, I know for me personally, I had this philosophy for years that, it's just easier to just buy a new one. So why would I fix it if I can just get it from the store? You know, and that worked for me for years. And now I'm realizing when I have a son, that's a terrible philosophy because I don't know how to fix anything now because I just bought it for years. And so this is my moment to realize, okay, it's time to um, get dirty with my hands and really um, learn how to do this stuff. So when it comes to DIY, it sounds like your uh, channel, your digital creation is DIY as well. So that's really cool. So will you ever bring on a production team of other people to help? Or do you think it's part of the ethos of the channel to do it yourself? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. I uh, So there's been talk of a TV show for a while. Um, we've had a couple of production companies wanting to do something where it would elaborate a little bit more, where I'd bring on experts and they, you know, because I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. I know how to do just about anything, but I not anything great. <laughs> so, uh, you know, people say, Hey dad, show me how to rewire my house. Not going to show you that. Uh, I might show you how to change a plug. Or yourself. <laughs> no, yeah. That's I tell my wife all... is like, I'll go figure out almost anything, but when it comes to electrical sockets and stuff, I'm like, you can literally die doing that. I'm not touching it. <laughs> I'm calling Chevy a pro Chase, for that one and I'll pay the idea. fee. <laughs> yeah. Electricity and garage doors. You don't mess with the springs. Uh, I've learned uh, quite, a, quite a few times trying to fix my own. So, well, Hey, the, the real thing about that phrase, it never gets finished. It's a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes is better than a master of one. So oh, I like that. there is that. Yeah. I've heard, I heard that recently. Yeah. So Rob, I got to say, man, like your, your mind works so much like mine. It's kind of scary. I, it's almost like I'm looking in a mirror mentally. Like I have a, a wisdom Wednesday. I have a financial Friday for my, my articles I write on Twitter and man, I just, nice. I just, I appreciate you, man. You, 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 it's great to, to, to hear all these thoughts come out loud and like, I'm not the only one. So I can see why your channel does so well. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, yeah, just trying to pass along. Uh, I, again, I'm so I feel unworthy. Uh, I'm, I'm, I am grateful for the opportunity to be able to pass along some stuff to to people. Uh, yeah, in my own way, everybody's got their own niche. People are, you know, deliver it differently. They're going to reach a different audience than me. Yeah, for sure. And and God was good to Brandon and I. We have an amazing father. He's our best friend. Uh, but my father had an absolutely horrible upbringing. And I got to see the changes he made generationally. Um, and I guess that brings me to my next question for you is, how do you think you approached fatherhood differently based off of your upbringing and the things you went through? Yeah, I think uh, definitely. So, and I've shared this before. When when I when I was 14, as a 14, the best a 14 year old could, I 
I vowed that if I ever had the opportunity, I'd never do that. And I'd do it differently. You know, it's easy to say that as a 14 year old, it's much harder to live it. <laughs> you know, life gets in the way you get stuck in traffic and you, uh, you know, you have a bad day at work and stuff. It's, you know, it's a little bit harder to actually live it out, but I did vow to do that. And thankfully right before my daughter was born was when God got a hold of me. Cause prior to that, I was a bit of a rebel. I was raised in the Catholic church and then I didn't feel like there was enough good answers for me. Um, and I was just told you had to believe it. Um, cause that's what we believe. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, that's not going to help me when I go to the university and people are asking questions. That's not good enough. I need to be able to have a reasonable faith so I can, uh, have answers, you know, that satisfy me. I'm not going to know everything, but I need enough answers to where I feel like, okay, I, I believe. And for me, a big part was the resurrection. You know, if Jesus didn't raise, we're of all men most to be pitied. If he is, if he is rose and risen, that changes everything. Right. And so it all hinges on that. I think we can get so caught up in so many different things about, uh, <laughs> Christianity, trying to defend Christianity compared to all the different things and abortion and all these different things, well, you know, prove to me that the resurrection didn't happen. Um, I, I think there's enough evidence to show that it did happen and it, that has ramifications that are huge. And so having that. But anyway, so I became a believer um, right before my daughter was born. And um, that I'm grateful for that because I would have probably misled my <laughs> kids, unfortunately, in a lot of different ways, I think. And so we started out when the kids were little praying every night, you know, we would pray together. And as a dad um, praying, you can, I'm confessing to my heavenly father that I don't have it all together. And so my kids are getting to see that firsthand that Lord, I'm just trying to do the best that I can. And um, my kids, you know, and so I, I think it's important again, forgiveness and helping my kids understand, Hey, I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. We're just doing the best we can. And God's given you us for a window of time. And we want to, you know, equip you to be the best adults you could be. I talk about that a lot. You know, we didn't want to raise good kids. We wanted to raise good adults. And um, the sad part about raising good adults is they move across the country. <laughs> so, because <laughs> they're not living in your basement anymore. Uh, so, yeah, my, my son lives in Virginia. Um, I miss him every day. But, um, and then my daughter uh, has been in Tennessee, um, in Knoxville for a time and she came back and then, then she went to New York and now she's coming back again, uh, her and her husband. So, um, anyway, you, when you would train them too good, they feel like they can move anywhere. They're too independent. <laughs> you did too good. All right, well, we'll, we'll take, we'll take that word of caution. Maybe we can teeter the line a little bit better because ours maybe, is still maybe, relatively young. Maybe hold back on some of the training so that they have to live in your house. I like that. Yeah. So Rob, well, you made such a great point. I wanted to, um, talk about real quick as fathers it's so hard to admit that we're wrong to our children our egos get in the way we don't want to say that we made a mistake but what a beautiful opportunity with prayer to talk to god and say god i made some mistakes today i want to apologize for that let's talk about that and then your children get to hear you talk to god and it, it takes the ego out of it there's no you know i'm having to apologize to someone i'm not comfortable with no one is great in the as great as God is. And so to be able to get down on our knees together and apologize and pray together, that teaches our kids a lot of humility. And that that's a wonderful opportunity. So thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, I th thank you. I, I, I think it was huge because uh, I think if you don't help your kids understand that you're not perfect, they're going to find out. You may as well get ahead of it. <laughs> so, because uh, we're gonna we're gonna find out when they're about twelve that you dad maybe not doesn't know as much as he tried to pretend he knew. Um, so, I, I for me that was kind of a big thing. I thought, man, I want to. I because I think if you and it did it, it it did in me a little bit the rebellion part where if you if you don't have good answers, you just kind of rebel. Well, you know what? That's not good enough for me. I'm gonna go do what I want to do. Yeah. It, it's a little bit of a military thing, task and purpose. But, you know, when you give instruction, you don't just give the task, you explain the purpose, right? We need to do, we need to seize the objective so that we can drive through, right? But if you take that and apply it to parenting, it's, you're also teaching your kids critical thinking, right? Because then they understand, oh, there is purpose behind what we're doing. Honey, you need to do it this way so that you don't break your foot or, you, you know what I mean? Like it's, so I try to do that, but it is also, you got to, Depending on their age, you've got to be a little creative with 
how much you know purpose explanation you give but that, that is a great point that uh, you can't just you can't just rest on your authority right that's not compassionate that's not that's not instilling trust in you in the future right if it's just well do it because i said so you know no one wants to work for yeah. or be with someone like that right i mean there are certain times where you might disagree and you know this is my house we're gonna do it this way <laughs> whether you disagree with me or not but um but i think it is helpful and my daughter kept me on task with that is always asking why why dad uh okay i guess i gotta explain why i'm doing it this way so uh well i, I think the the greatest thing you're you're mentioning how you're teaching them something or you're you're you apologize you're you're sorry i'm trying to think here um that's we'll hard for this. brandon <laughs> no yeah my brain's all over the place I apologize. We'll, we'll edit this out but give me just a second here um now we're leaving it in just because you said we're yeah. going to cut it yeah no was that, was that your brother because yeah, i have brother so yeah that's yeah yeah well I'm no there. no I'm slack there. no slack from brother. No, a little bit zero <laughs> go in every time <laughs> uh, i'm sorry I, I don't know i lost my train of thought i'm done so oh, no worries uh, we'll just well just so cut it out. um Given your experience, Rob, and then now your kids are grown, um, in hindsight, looking back, what are what are two or three things that you wish someone would have told you as a young dad when you still had the time, you know, with them in the home that, uh, you know, it took you maybe longer to figure those things out that you would have liked to have learned quicker? Yeah, I, there's some regrets that I have with Little League and getting caught up in the politics myself and trying to, you know, it, it was so political. <laughs> I just look back and I, I cringe. I feel bad because my son, uh, and he shared this with me as he got older, that um, he just wanted to make me proud. Even though I told him, Kyle, you know, if this isn't something you want to do, I don't want you to feel like we have to force it. You know, even though I did that to him, he still um, w didn't want to be a quitter or didn't want to, you know. And so I wish I would have handled that a little bit differently. I wish I would have, you know, figured out a different way to communicate to him that, hey, I still love you and I'm still proud of you if you walk away from this. <laughs> because there was just so much, you know, uh, you know, and maybe I wish he would have golfed instead of <laughs> playing baseball because playing baseball, you have to rely on a coach to decide when you're going to play. If you golf and you got the best score, you got to play me. Even if you hate me, coach, I'm the best golfer out here, you know? So I think a single sport, tennis, something like that, I probably would have steered my kids more towards something like that. That was my experience with tennis. I was told by my coach my freshman year, you're probably not good enough. I don't think this is going to work out. And I beat enough players to get into the level and played varsity my freshman year. So that would not have happened in baseball. Yeah. I would have said, you're not there. But the, the single sport gave me that opportunity. So I did. I enjoyed that a lot. What a legend. <laughs> in my own mind, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, you, did, awesome. you were a no, pro for great. a little bit. You got pro points, right? So yeah, yeah. I am a professional oh. tennis player. Yeah. So, I've yeah. seen wow. you for a very big, cool. strong guy. And as tall as you are, you play very, very well. <laughs> Thank you. I will say that. <laughs> Yeah. There is this Brandon. Is he upset about us? Uh, <laughs> he's crying. He's, he's probably got the kids right behind just, him causing a whirlwind. Us, you know. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh... <laughs> That's the nice thing about the panel is we don't always have all four of us. Sometimes, um, you know, just the three of us and, you know, yeah. we all kind of back each other up. So it works out well. Absolutely. Brandon's back. Brandon, you done, you done pouting, buddy? <laughs> he's like, <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you have a question, Brandon? <laughs> okay, we're good. We, like, I'm out. I'm out. We can we can keep uh, moving. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Rob, you, you know, what do you think? Now that you're on the other end of it, too, what what do you see that most fathers uh, are are failing to do in in our society today that you wish you would see more of? Well, I mean, present, <laughs> present fathers. I think that that's a big thing. I think a lot of people, and I, I think there's a one thing I've really come to come to understand, and this happened to me too. When I started to get into golf a little bit, when my kids were younger, a guy at work was getting kind of getting me into golf, and I was, then I went and golfed, and I was there for five hours on a Saturday, and I was like, I'm not doing this again. I don't. I. I I, I need to be with my family. My family needs me. I can't come out here and golf. 
And so you can tell by my golf game <laughs> that I'm not a very good golfer, but I also give myself grace when I go golfing now, because it's like, you know what? I could be a great golfer, but I wouldn't be good at anything else. I, you know, my life would be falling apart, but boy, I all for that, you know, sub <laughs> sub 80 score. I, uh, you know, what sacrifices you make. And I think there's, it's so important to have balance in your life and recognize what you're really supposed to do as a father, what you're, you know, what you're called to do. You can go play golf. Just don't let it, you know, take away from the more important things or work. You know, work is a, you need it, you need money, but you got to also keep it in perspective so that you don't, uh, you know, don't take time away from those kids. Cause those kids are going to be there for such a short window. It's a blink of an eye. My daughter's 31 and my son's 28. I, 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 I remember 28, you know, 28 was yesterday for me. Uh, so it's, it happens quick. Yeah. And, and yeah. just real quick. So golf is definitely a game. If you want to teach your kids about failure, <laughs> play that game. <laughs> it is extremely challenging. I don't care how athletic somebody is. I've never, I've never just seen someone walk onto a golf course and be a natural. I'll put it that way. Other sports, people can walk up, kill it. That's a, that's a sport that takes patience. It takes focus. It takes, you know, all your, not your physical energy. That's why I don't takes, play it. Yeah. It takes your mental energy <laughs> as well. And it's, it's a beautiful sport. And you said the word perfectly eighties sub eighties is the hardest thing to do in the world. <laughs> you can have the best round of your life and you get two or three putts on one hole done. You're out, you know, and it's, it's, it's so frustrating, but it's beautiful because when you do finally achieve those goals, it's great. But yeah, if yeah. I, I would say if, if kids are out there or dads, if you're out there looking for a sport to put your kids in that you want to teach them patience, discipline and failure, that's a great one. And, and him and, and Rob talking about that kind of brings that up. I mean, you want your kids to be involved, especially if you're going to spend that kind of time somewhere. Yeah. It is a very time consuming game, but it can be very rewarding as well. So just my, my two cents on it. I can't wait for my son personally to play and my, my father-in-law is excited about it as well. So we're golfers. So you're going to, you're going to jinx yourself, man. He's going to grow up and hate golf. He can be a chess player. I mean, whatever. Dude, they're going to do what they want to do, hey, man. Yeah. I mean, he can, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure gonna... my parents were like, what the heck? When I was like, I want to do Taekwondo. And they're like, what? <laughs> I was just like out of the blue. I woke up one day. And I'm like, I'm doing it. And I really did it. <laughs> they, that's like all we did. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, I hope your son likes the same things as you. Golf is tough, like you said, you know, but anybody can play tennis. So <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Justin, get anybody can play pickleball. <laughs> oh, just man. kidding. I'm not a very good tennis player. So well, you know, and I've transitioned to pickleball as we've gotten older. It's a little bit less time oh, nice. consuming and everyone's really into it. So it's been a lot of fun. That's been I never thought I'd be a pickleball player, you know, 10 years ago. I'd have made fun of that guy, but it's uh, you know, different seasons in your life, you have different activities you do. So that's it's a lot of fun. Um, it is so Rob, I wonder, I play, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's yeah. super fun and I it's easier to good. learn. Yeah, you know, golf, tennis, it's six months before you can even, you know, play a decent round and with pickleball, you can sure. jump right and start playing. So I had a single mom growing mm -hmm. up, so I've always had, you know, kind of a soft spot um, for, uh, you know, for kids who don't have dads around. Is there any part of your channel where you're specifically kind of talking to um, to moms or to families that don't have a dad around? Is that something that you think about when you're um, when you're putting your your channel together? You know, I, I was pigeonholed early on that I, my channel was for young men uh, and people were saying, oh, he's made this channel for young men. And obviously tying a tie, that's for a young man, you know, shaving, that's for a young man. Uh, but it, it's also for <laughs> single moms too to show their, and I've had people write me letters, women write me and say, I'm so grateful you showed my son how to shave because he was embarrassed. He didn't know how to shave. And um, we, we watched your video together. He went in the bathroom by himself, had your video on. I waited outside and he watched your, watched you do it again and kind of walked you through it. Cause I tried to do things in real time. And I also try to do it where it's, uh, you know, I'm not cutting out stupid mistakes that I make too, you know, cause I think you need, you need to kind of leave those in where, oop, I forgot about that. Like when I did my shower head video and I, spilled water on myself. I forgot that there was still water in the <laughs> whoops. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> so I think it is helpful to kind of have that stuff in for, for people. So my channel is for anybody and everybody. I hope um, I don't try to, but the difficult thing is there are certain things where I would like to speak to a young man and I would, or I would like to speak to a young woman. And so 
trying to figure out the best way to do that. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Still trying to figure that out. I, I, I plan on continuing my content as long as I feel like I'm putting up good content for people, you know, uh, that, um, that is useful. I see And I've had people say, oh, you should be posting every day. You should post every day uh, to keep the algorithm going. And you know what? I'm not going to have the, the tail wag the dog. I, I, you know, I'm close. We're right around retirement age. I want to provide useful content. I don't want to feel like a clown that, okay, I gotta, I gotta put up something today. <laughs> so uh, what am I going to say? And I'll just say something just to put up something. I don't want it to be like that. I want it to be useful content and I want it to be for anybody and everybody that could use, that could use some help. I love that. It's like when you have to prove that you're human to a computer, you know, I'm like offended by that. Like, how dare you ask me? And same thing, you know, I'm not going to yeah, be a, a rodeo clown for an algorithm. <laughs> you know, you have to, and it sounds like yeah. you followed your own rules and it's worked really well for you. You know, anytime you take someone else's advice and try to be something you're not, it won't work. Rob, do you think if, uh, if the pandemic hadn't happened, do you think your channel would have happened? I know you, you can't obviously, you know, tell the future, but I'm curious if that was really the catalyst that made it happen or if it would have happened regardless. Yeah, I think a lot of variables happened with that kind of caused it maybe to blow up. Um, people got wind of my background, my backstory. People were locked up too and had a little more time. And they were, I think they, you know, we were hearing from celebrities. We were hearing from people who we couldn't relate to <laughs> tell us it was going to be okay uh, when they, you know, they their refrigerators are stocked and they, they got nothing to worry about. Um so I think it was helpful having the pandemic. I think, sadly, you know, the pandemic sucked, but I'm grateful uh, that that's, this was produced out of it. So, and it it's interesting too. Again, God's God's sense of humor through this whole thing. Uh, you know, I've done a million and one interviews over <laughs> Zoom or over these different uh, venues. And so it helped me to get my feet underneath me when, so when I actually had to go to a live interview, I was heading to, you know, again, as an introvert and avoiding speeches my whole life, I was in sales and I, I was a master of only, you know, avoiding <laughs> big, you know, speaking engagements. I would speak in front of two or three people because I had to with my job, but it terrified me having to speak in front of 40 people. Um, and then when I was driving, to New Day, uh, New Day Northwest, the local channel, and I was going to go in studio and sit down and be interviewed. Yikes! That was uh, that was pretty scary. But because of the pandemic, it, you know, I I got my feet underneath me by just doing these things over and over again. Um, to where I was on Hoda and Jenna um, around Father's Day, and that was it was a little scary. It, uh, a couple of years ago, it would have been way more scary. I might have ran. I might it might have been fight or flight, and I might have flew. So, uh, but I was able to kind of have some, you know, good talks with myself and hang in there. Yeah. And you've already spoken to millions of people in, on your channel. <laughs> so, but it's not obviously the same as when they're really alive in person. So yeah, that, that's cool. Yeah. It's a little more intimidating when you have Hoda asking you questions. I'll <laughs> so, bet. <Yeah. laughs> it's a little surreal. And Lester Holt, and you know, I've had all kinds of different. I mean, that wasn't Lester Holt wasn't live, but still having these people that you're, you know, household names actually talking to you is a little strange. Definitely. Well, um, just just out of curiosity, do you have like a favorite uh, video or episode of yours or whatever you want to call them um, that you've done that just really sticks out to you that you enjoyed the most or has like a, a memory attached to it or something like that? Yeah, I, I like the how to tie a tie just because it was the first one. I, maybe that's an easy out, but it really, <laughs> it was the first one and it got such great, uh, kind of put me on the map, so to speak. I think that was the one that um, kind of resonated with people. Yeah, and that's, that's <laughs> that was one of the hardest things to learn in, in my pubescent years was uh, trying to tie that in a bow tie, man. I still have to look at YouTube every time I tie a bow tie. <laughs> So I've had people say, I need to, yeah, I need to show how to tie a bow tie. And I said, this is practical dad advice. I, I, a bow tie is not practical. Uh, true. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You, uh, if, you, if you like bow ties. Sorry, bow tie guys. Yeah, we, we apologize if we offended you. You just lost just, like 2 million Justin, subscribers. Justin, so. has left, Justin has left the channel. <laughs> I have to right. bite my tongue sometimes because I'm like, oh, I can't say that. No. 
that was part of my medical <laughs> training. I was almost 30 years old. I did not know how to tie a tie. And our professor came in and said, this is part of, you know, being in medicine, you have to know how to do this. And so uh, I <laughs> went to a YouTube video. It was, it was not you. This was before um, you, you got big, but uh, it was from YouTube that I learned how to tie a tie. And so I have very good memories from that as well. Without that, I don't know if I would have gotten through uh, my medical training. <laughs> so it is a really important thing. Yeah. Yeah. So all you guys wear bow ties? Is that what you said? You guys, we need to. I, we're going to do an episode no. now. We all wear both. Well, now we have to. <laughs> now, now, now we have, have to. to. We can do it for our next uh, for our New Year's episode. So we yeah. we all wore suits for our New Year's episode, and we did a, an annual review. Uh, we, we stole that idea from Sahil Bloom, but you basically look at the year. It's actually a really great thing. You look at the year in review, figure out what you, instead of doing like a New Year's resolution, you you know kind of commend what you did well, double down on those things this coming year, and anyway. So we'll uh, we'll have to now remember you and and get bow ties and, and go totally over the top for our next uh, New Year's episode. But absolutely, I do wear a bow tie in uniform. When you wear your blues, you got to put your bow tie on. But that's uh, I do not do the self tie one. I get the pre made one that comes with the uniform that has a little oh, click. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the, two seconds. That's the easy way out. That's the lazy nice. way. So, hey, brother, the army's all about efficiency when you can, you know. So. <laughs> the ultimate personal Thank you for your service. Yeah. Tie, oh, that's my bow tie from would be Alton Brown. He's the the famous uh, chef guy. He he teaches people how to tie bow because that's all he wears. And so he's oh. on he's on a lot of channels and he does his his other than just teaching like extremely good science behind cooking. He'll also teach you how to tie bow ties. There we go. Now everyone needs a, a bow tie. They can go to that channel. But for everything else, you can go to Rob. <laughs> there you go so rob what uh do you want to talk about your book a little bit and officially plug it and i think i've got it pulled up it's on harper collins right is that the the right place to to get it, it? is yeah william morrow um a division of harper collins yeah you can get it on uh, amazon or barnes and noble um all right as well so I'm, I'm pulling it up there we go that that's it right there yeah. right right yep so uh, yeah, so it tells a little bit about my backstory. And then there are some nuggets at the back, too. Um, I have 58 how-tos um, because I was told to do 50. And I thought, I'm going to put in eight more. Um, that way, if, some, if people <laughs> have a problem, uh, that wasn't helpful. Okay, well, there's eight more. There's some bonus ones for you. So because, you know, people always find something. And I even did uh, the books of the Bible um, and kind of walked through the books of the Bible. So, again, well, if that didn't help you because that, you're not a believer or what, what have you, then you can fill in with one of the other eight. So anyway, yeah, that's it. It tells kind of my backstory of, and I walk you through um, my siblings and I pick one character trait from each sibling that I think is helpful for people. And so I talk with my, about my sister, Mary, and I talk about family, um, the importance of family. Um, and then I talk about my brother Tim, I talk about the importance of having a backbone because you don't want to be a milk toast. It's important to stand up for yourself when you need to. And then I talk about uh, a work ethic with my brother Rick, um, the importance of having a good work ethic. And I talk about being an encourager with my sister Lori. And then my brother Joe, I talk about um, not hesitating. You need to, you know, you, people get paralyzed analysis paralysis and don't ever make a move and they have all these ideas and they never do anything. And then meanwhile, <laughs> their life passes them by because, and they never jumped in and actually did something. And then my brother, Don, I talk about uh, being generous, the importance of generosity. So I just kind of walk through that. I love that. How you, how you tied it to all the different, uh, you know, your siblings and that's, it's more than just advice. It's very, you know, personalized. That's a pretty cool way of doing it. Yeah, at my 50th birthday party, I shared that. I went around and shared basically what is shared in my book. I talked about because we had to rely on each other. You know, that was uh, the reality of our lives. I had to learn a lot of things from my siblings. So it got a little awkward because my dad was there um, for my 50th birthday. Um, and I didn't. I wasn't trying to slight him. I was just trying to honor my siblings. And so it, it did get a little weird. Well, you know, sometimes uh, those things are earned uh, and it's not necessarily being cruel. It's just the reality of the situation. So, um, well, what made it more awkward is my sister, Mary, uh, ended up saying, and do you have anything to say about dad? Like, 
<laughs> no, I, I like, don't actually. Uh, I just oh. want to keep it around. About yeah. the siblings, so right. no yeah, she felt horrible lately. <laughs> so with Whoops. them, teach, with them teaching you all the values um, and lessons throughout your life, um, what was one of the most important ones that your your siblings taught you? Uh, I'd say the family thing was such a big thing because I was ready to jettison. Really, I I was kind of like I just wanted to kind of move away and kind of do my own thing. Cause I just was so fed up with things. And, um, my sister, Mary kept, I share that in my book. My sister kept writing me, writing me postcards and stuff and like, okay, somebody actually does care whether I'm around or not. Um, cause I, I was going to, I was going to join the military. I'd talked about joining the Navy and going on a ship somewhere just to kind of get away and, you know, process things. So, I think that was huge. I, I mean, I, it's hard to boil it down to any one thing. I think a big part was I always felt kind of accountable to, to, to them. You know, if I was a single kid and things happened, I might've just done whatever, but I always felt like I, I was kind of accountable to, to somebody. I love that, that you had that sense of belonging, um, with your siblings. Um, right. Made you all tight knit group. Uh, question about, fatherhood and it's uh what is kind of a the funniest or craziest story you had where either your kids did something or you were with them and uh you know just a a, a fun dad story with the kids and the whole family whatever something along those lines <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think of what how i could narrow it down to the one thing, one, the first thing that popped in my mind, this is kind of a little strange, but I used to get up, you know, again, speaking of spending time with my family, I used to get up early to work out because I, I wanted to stay in shape and I'd get up super early. And this was back when I had hair and I used to go in the garage to work out and I was in there working out and I, it was in the morning. So I didn't care. My hair was kind of flying again when I had hair. So I, uh, I came in from the garage and my daughter's... <laughs> My daughter's bedroom was right there. And she looked at me and she goes, is it windy? Getting blown around. So <laughs> did you have it down like to your shoulders or something? Or, or was it just, it just got all, it was like bed head. <laughs> it, was pretty up, or... it was pretty long, but it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't care. I was in my garage working out, so it didn't matter. I didn't think anybody's going to see me. But then when I came in, she she put two and two together and figured I was out in the wind. That's amazing. <laughs> you gotta love how uh, kids kind of interpret things, and you know, kind of add their own flair to it and everything. And you know, for us, that's such a leap. Is it windy outside? Yeah, there's those those little yeah. moments like that are always <laughs> just amazing. There's a funny little league story too of my son. He he was again, there are a lot of politics and stuff. And he he finally hit a home run and, and we were in the it was in the playoffs too. And he hit a home run and he was so excited about it that um and then he's in the dugout after he hit his home run. And then there's uh only two there's two outs and or there's one out, then there's an out made. My son comes running out thinking because and he was, couldn't wait to see me and he's running on the field and there's only two outs he needs to get back in the dugout so <laughs> that was kind of i did my part i hit my home really run we're done moment yeah. of hitting the home run where <laughs> <laughs> right that's all that mattered he hit his home run he couldn't wait to get out and have people uh, applaud him or something i don't know it's pretty it's sad because it kind of took away from this cool moment where he hit this home run that's funny um rob where where can everyone find you uh who's not already subscribed yeah so i have a youtube channel called dad how do i and then i have my um my facebook is dad how do i and my instagram is dad how do i and i'm also on tiktok uh at the real dad how do i because somebody was pretending to be me so i had to change names for that otherwise it's just dad how do i and you can find it pretty much anywhere and i came up with that name we didn't share that i came up with that name because i pictured one of my kids in the other room saying dad how do i that's that's where we came up with it all righty well rob it was a, a true pleasure to speak with you um i i think your authenticity 
is just so refreshing and uh we appreciate your wisdom here on on the podcast with our listeners and with us and uh for the everyone listening and watching go subscribe if you're not already subscribed to his channel um lots of great stuff you know and like you were saying not just advice it's also a lot of heartfelt um kind of wisdom and things like that so just great channel really good one to have in your back pocket and uh you know like dustin when you need to learn how to do basic things that men need to know how to do you can correct yourself so um <laughs> rob do you have any closing thoughts for for the uh for the audience <laughs> no i i appreciate what you guys are doing because you know dads are so important and i think um being a dad is a cool thing it's a gift and it's such an opportunity to be able to pour into the next generation um so keep on keeping on it's it's so important and we need to help you know get rid of the whole al bundy homer simpson stereotype of a dad where we're a bunch of buffoons we're yes. we're, we're needed we're important and we oh, need to that. encourage each other amen yeah, i love that, that. Is... thank you for that that's so important yeah yeah thank you rob it's been a it's been a real pleasure uh you've you've got four new fans <laughs> right here and probably all the wives too um but just really appreciate you coming on and just being so open with us and well, cool. uh Thank you. Again. You know, I, I hope that God continues to keep using you and, and reaching others and, uh, you know, helping those who didn't have a father figure around to uh, figure out a lot of things. It's just a beautiful, be beautiful way to connect with people. All right. Like and subscribe. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you in the next one. Enough talk, dads. Let's get climbing. We'll catch you around. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Present Fathers Podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Spotify to catch all of our amazing episodes. We will see you in the next one.